Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. This episode of Momtourage is brought to you by Social E. Okay, Carrie, are you ready for some numbers? No, I'm never ready for numbers. Okay, I will start very small. One in 10 women had to quit their jobs recently due to COVID impacting their being able to work outside the home or without childcare. Yeah, that isn't small. So here's another. Four times as many women dropped out of the workforce as compared to men. And that's roughly 865,000 women just a year ago in September. I feel like I knew that, but hearing you say it like that, it's just like a lot. It's so much. You know, the thing is, COVID brought to the surface something that all of us women knew, and that is we are unfairly left with the burden of childcare. The infrastructure for helping us is basically non-existent, but it does give us all the unique opportunity to totally reinvent ourselves and do something we've always wanted to do or really love. A traditional office job has totally been turned on its head. And you know, honestly, maybe we really didn't like it that much anyway. I never really thought about it like that before, but Lord knows I don't like desk jobs. I mean, you and I both have never been traditional and have always been the chaser of dreams, but we need help. I mean, I guess it's super hard to ask for help as big independent dream chasers. (laughs) Okay, ladies, get information. Social E is an amazing woman-owned business that has really helped me figure out how to market myself in a way that was beyond what I had been doing by myself. And my favorite part of it is that it has empowered me to learn how to do it through coaching and courses. It wasn't just like, you need to pay me for each bit of knowledge kind of thing. I took the course, I learned, and now I know how to do it for myself as often as I'd like. I love that. I did notice that you are super good at this kind of stuff. It's really awesome. Well, listen, I thought I was good before, but now I'm like really good. That was like a Curry-type brag. I know, right? It kind of was. Just head to socialeconsulting.com to learn more and even get your free checklist with 27 hacks to unlock the power of user-generated content. Plus, get $50 off the Authentic Ad Accelerator course by going to authenticadaccelerator.com slash momtrash. Hi, guys. Hey, everybody. Ooh, Carrie is sick because as is when your child starts school that you get sick along with them constantly. And the fact that she just mustered that high as well as she did is just mind-blowing to me. I'm a big old faker. (laughs) Well, we've got a great show for you guys today. First, we're talking to Christine Michelle Carter, an incredible woman who has done so many amazing things, including work with the U.S. Senate to ensure that black moms and moms of color have access to important health care information for their children and families. And she's worked with Vice President Kamala Harris, which is pretty fucking incredible. I mean, ridiculous. Yes. All while raising two children on her own as a single mother. So, I mean, I feel like a lazy POS right now. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, how does she handle a sick day? It's like that NyQuil commercial. Exactly. I think I auditioned for that NyQuil commercial. Anyway, oh. plus, now that offices are opening back up, how can you ask for flexibility from your workplace? We don't know what it is to go into an office. I haven't got into an office in, I think, Sebastian was a baby when I had my last temp job, and that was like a very short-lived one. The last time I was in an office was 2005. Whatever. Anyway, you can tell I'm just really on it today. Plus, as always, we have our hashtag swag bag. Swag a bag. But up next, (laughs) take it away, child. The tits and the shits. I might say some crazy shit because I'm like on the day quill high right now. That's good. That's fun. That's always fun for everybody, except you. Do you want me to go first or you want to go first? Because I got a lot. No, you go first. Okay. I got nothing. Go ahead. I don't really have any tits. I mean, I just have a shits and then I have like the rantings of a crazy woman. So <laughs> that's really why people listen, Ashley. It probably is. I mean, I don't think they want to listen to like my life is 
great and everything is perfect. If they do, they've come to the wrong place. Today has been like such an ass kicking day. I have succubied all your energy and I am just I mean, spitting maybe. out hot fire. Good, do it from your butthole. I wish. Okay, so firstly, this past weekend was Matt and I's six year wedding anniversary, which, you know, great. You know, we had that trip to Provincetown that was like multiple days and this was kind of, our anniversary was kind of like a, an afterthought for both of us. And And we tried to get both of our parents to come and watch Sebastian. No one could do it. So we were like, all right, we'll just make the best of this weekend with Sebastian. So we made a reservation at a restaurant and the whole thing just wasn't good. It wasn't good. It was fighting the whole time. Sebastian was like on a bender. He was just like so shitty, just shitty. Everything was about him. We reserved space to go to Liberty Science Center on Sunday, the day of our our actual anniversary because Matt usually tries to tire him out at the park and I thought this was a good way to tire him out and he was just like not even nice and I know I'm expecting a lot from a four-year-old I'm expecting a four-year-old to be like mom dad thanks for making your anniversary about me but obviously that wasn't gonna happen he was just unbearable just like rude and mean was the Paw Patrol thing at Liberty yeah, or no? yeah it was just like fine though it wasn't like it really it wasn't, wasn't anything to write home about but you know it's a good yeah. way to spend you remember when we went, how long did we go there for? Like four or five hours? We were there for a while, yeah. Yeah, we were done in about an hour and a half. And it, well, I think having another kid there helps. Plus, we watched that movie thing. Honestly, I'm very glad we weren't there for four or five hours. I did not have yeah, that in me. Too much. Yeah. So that was our weekend. We're going to try and have a redo in November at some point. I have two other shits, though. Do it, please. I mean, this is just shitty, 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 Cocoa Pop, shitty, shitty, raw. <laughs> I think that I can't get in trouble for that because I made up words. Shimmy, shimmy, Cocoa Pop. It's like happy birthday. So on our corner, a dog training place has opened up. And when we first saw it was coming in, we were really excited. We were like, oh my God, this is going to be great. Every time we walk by, we're going to see cute dogs. Is it next to the weird deli that doesn't sell anything? Yes, it's next to the bodega. Firstly, all they train are like large dogs, which is fine. But they insist on training these fucking dogs in front of my house. So they like walk them down the street all day long. Oh my God, Clem. And because Clementine screams at them, one of their training techniques now is to stand in front of our house with their back to our house on our sidewalk and teach the dog to be calm while Clementine barks and loses her fucking mind. You gotta write a letter about that. Well, we're getting to that. First, what they've been doing is we have, you know, like that alleyway next to the little two-car parking spot. They, for a while, were walking their dogs into, like, our alleyway. So our alleyway was smelling like piss. And Matt was like, like, that's our property. You can't go on there. I don't know how I can go to them and say, hey, you know that public sidewalk you guys are walking on? Can you not do that in front of my house? But I think I'm going to have to because I had a callback, a virtual callback. The guy did it, walked by multiple times. Clementine was losing her mind. I was going to say, I think that my husband works from home. And I work from home. Right. I'm just saying my husband and I work from home because you are kind of like in with the local government. I mean, I guess. I like can call the mayor, but I think I can go over nicely and say like, I just want to tell you we're very supportive of local business and we're really excited you guys are here, but we don't really appreciate our home or our dog being used as a training technique or a spot for training. So if you could avoid our house, I would appreciate that because soon what's going to happen is I'm going to keep my mouth shut and then one day I'm going to go in there and all hell's going to break loose out of my mouth and, you know, it won't be good. Okay, my last point. I hate Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. I hate them I mean, so I think much. Everybody does. I think you're not. I think everyone loves them. No, I think the only people that like them are them. They are the most irritating duo of people. I mean, I'm kind of over Travis and Court, too. I am, too, but they're at least less annoying than these two. You remember, like, early 2000s model? Honestly, J-Lo and Ben Affleck. Oh, that's my tits. Pam and Tommy. Uh, I Yes, they are Pam and Tommy, but J-Lo and Ben Affleck still do the like early 2000, late 90s model of paparazzi, mm-hmm. right? Like calling the paparazzi. Hey, we're going to be doing a coffee run. Wouldn't it be interesting if we just accidentally ran into the paparazzi? Like they still try that shit. These two couples have redefined, you know, the paparazzi narrative of our time. And I think that's 
something really interesting as somebody like me who's like super into this shit. But they are so fucking obnoxious. Firstly, do I need to know about your sex life? Well, I just think uh, separately they're not likable people. I think the thing that Travis and Court have is like they're kind of likable-ish people. Like Travis had that horrible- Horrible plane accident. Plane accident and is really trying to like get his life together. And Courtney is one of the more palatable- of the Cardassians. Of the Cardassians. Yeah. And so I think at least they're a little bit more palatable because each one of them separately is palatable. But Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are also terrible. Separately did, and together. But separately, I've always liked Megan Fox. I always have found her... Oh, I haven't. I have oh. found her batshit crazy. And I, She is batshit crazy, but she was always like, guys, I'm a little vain. She is so pretty that I like kind of don't care. And I mean, you can been pay like, for it too to get that Of pretty. course, we all can. But she started off like with more of an advantage than most of us. Mm-hmm. I just want to be like, there were so many of us that liked you before this disgusting man came into the picture who really does look like he smells like dirty ball jeans and weed. I mean, I think he looks like he smells like worse than that. He looks disgusting to me. He reminds me of like Amy Winehouse's British boyfriend that got her addicted. Pete Doherty? The smell of vision's about the same there. Yeah, like I don't know what heroin smells like, but I imagine they smell like that. Yes. Like vomit and sadness and cheap cologne. Yeah. She's just latched her whole thing onto this and it makes me feel like gross and I'm disappointed in her. Can I say that? I am disappointed in her. Her whole resurgence is based on some guy that she's fucking. You smell like weed. I am weed. This whole narrative. I just want to like, I want the men in black thing where they just make me forget it all. I hate it all. I hate it all. And I just needed to talk about that with somebody because. We're here for you. The Montage is here for you on that rant. Also, if anyone has any opinions on this. Oh, one last thing. I have had multiple dreams about potentially having sex with Ben Affleck. Like it being a possibility, but it doesn't happen for one reason or another. I had that sex dream about um, Dr. House. That's so weird. Ben Affleck makes sense to me because I am attracted to Ben Affleck. There's always like a lot of sexual tension between us. Well, that's almost more fun. It is kind of fun, but. Do you see the dragon? Does he unleash the dragon? No, I think if I saw the dragon in the dream. Dream, I'd be like, game over. I'm done. I gotta go. I gots to go. I suddenly realized this is a dream and I'm married to a man that I'm very attracted to. Hi. <laughs> anyway, how's you? You know, sick, but I'm not going to use that as my tits and shits. Mm. I'm going to rise above. Okay, okay, so we'll do shits first. Um, there's just like not enough time. There's just not enough time. Yeah, in the day? In life and in the day. And in, I mean, I'm just looking at the weekends left in October. I know. What the actual, like we have Luna's birthday. And then I just look at the week and I'm like, it's so jam-packed with just life stuff. I know. This is sort of my tits. I decided that I was going to do more like self-care artistic stuff to like make me feel like a human again, like what old Carrie would do. Mm -hmm. So I bought a bunch of tickets to the Montclair Film Festival. Oh, fun. In our town because I used to go, I was really big into film and documentaries and all that kind of stuff. So a couple of them are just me dates where I hired a babysitter and I'm just going to go myself. Others are like a date night with Lee because we got another babysitter recommendation. But when I like just look at, we share a calendar, everybody. We have a momtourage calendar, plus I have a family calendar with Lee. When you like look at it, I'm just like, whoa, between our obligations, our fun dates that we have coming up, plus like school stuff, I'm just like, where is there time yeah. to just sit on the couch and watch Squid Games? Like, where is that time? I have no interest in watching Squid Games, but I get what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? Or like yeah. Love on the Spectrum or like, there's just not that time between producing our own show and all the other million things, plus like trying to have fun or whatever. I just am like, not enough time. That's my shits. Not enough time. My tits are, this is just a ride or die friendship plug. I am just so thankful for my ride or die friends that are just like, don't need me to contact them all the time that understand when I maybe I'm not like the best communicator. You know, if they ask me a difficult conversation question that what I love about my ride or die friends is they ask me like real questions about how I'm doing and that I can give them a little bit and say, you know what, I will talk to you about this later, but I just don't have the energy in me right now to talk to you about this. And we can just sit and be with each other. I'm just so thankful for it. A couple special shout outs. My best friend Val, who we talk about all the time, like we spent four days together, which is the longest time we've spent together in a really long time. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And you know, like her life is a shit show. My life can be a shit show. And we can just 
sit in our shit show together. And, you know, we didn't even really get to spend that much alone time together because of all the kids and everything. Yeah. But the hour and a half that we did, it was like so good. And then she texted me, you know, after I was already home, like that same day and said, I just want to thank you for spending four entire days with me and my very complicated family. Almost nobody hangs for that long. I'm like, girl, it's been four more years with you, you know, that we can be like, wow, this is terrible and still have a good time. And then same thing, my best friend, Jill, I told you she bought a Peloton when I did so that she could help me. Not everybody can be that kind of friend, but bought a Peloton to like help me and just that we check in with each other. And, you know, she can say something like, I'm having a terrible day. I just want to let you know, but I I don't really want to talk about it. And I'll be like, okay, yeah, whatever. And you, and I just like that there are people that care and that are okay with things not being okay and can still enjoy company. Honestly, it's kind of the ethos of Momtourage is that just come as you are and we'll just sit with each other for a little bit. Just full circle about that. I was thinking about going through this transition in yoga. You guys know I'm a yoga teacher. And as soon as lockdown happened, my lockdown happened, I started teaching virtually and have done so pretty unstopped for two years now. Mm -hmm. I just don't know what to do. I'm like, I don't know what my offering is anymore now that everything's virtual. And so I like talked to some of my students and was like, I'm thinking about like not teaching for a little bit because I just don't know. And I said, all I really want to do is just say to everyone, and I was saying this about my yoga students, but this is what I want to say to you all, the momtourage, is that really, I just want to be able to be like, hey, I don't know anything. You don't know anything. Let's just hold hands as we try to figure it out. That's all. I just don't want there to be any illusion that I got my shit together in any way. But the truth is I'm trying to and at least have fun along the way. Well, our listeners know that you don't have your shit together. They know that neither one of us does. Surprisingly, the reaction for my students was like, teach as much or as little as you want to. We'll still pay you. And we appreciate you always being honest and coming as you are. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's nice. Anyway, that's my tits and chits. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, I want to give a shout out. We have a new review on Apple Podcasts and uh, we'd like to give you guys shout outs because we so appreciate any of the good vibes you can spread. So, Carrie, do you want to read it? Sure. Jillian Kubak, 25. Sure. Sure, we'll say that. Jillian, Ashley and Carrie really do give me everything I love in a podcast. They are both so funny and relatable and even provide hot goss to keep me up to date on all the TikTok trends. I feel like they are both my friends and I look forward to listening to them each and every week. Jillian, now listen, we're going to send Jillian a little something. That's actually on my to-do list to yeah. do tomorrow when Luna's at school. Wow. And you too can have a gift from Momtourage. Please rate, review, subscribe, steal your husband, partner, lover, babysitter's phone, do the same thing from their phone. They won't mind. It's fine. Write yep. us reviews. We're encouraging full taking of people's phones, any phone you can, and review. To give you a little bit more background on that, the success of our show continues to grow based on these reviews. Sadly, that is the truth. In a world where we shouldn't care about people's validation, we in the podcasting world do need to. So we appreciate you reviewing us. And as a token of our appreciation, we are going to read these reviews on our show and we will shout you out. We hope you will reach out to us and we'll send you some fun little momtourage swag. So We love you guys. Listen, I know you barely have time to take a shower and a shit, but you can do this while showering and shitting. So just leave a quick, it takes two seconds. Maybe not while showering, but definitely while shitting. Listen, I sometimes text in the shower. Just send us a little something. It doesn't have to be long and show us the love so that we can continue to keep doing this and we'll show you some love right back. So we have a note in here that says, mention paid leave for moms, call your senators. I don't fucking remember what that was about, do you? Hey guys, stay tuned. Next up, Christine Michelle Carter. Today's guest is a best-selling author who's been featured in the New York Times and a little periodical you've heard of called the Washington Post. She recently received a congressional citation from the U.S. Senate for going above and beyond in ensuring that black moms and moms of color have access to important health information for their children and families. She's a mom of two and on a mission to elevate the honest truths of working moms. Welcome, Christine Michelle Carter. Hi. Hi, thank you so much. 
much for having me. That is one of the most impressive intros we've read. I mean, above and beyond impressive. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. I feel like we barely touched on not even a quarter of what you do. Can you give the people a quick rundown of all that you do, all the nuances before we dive in any further? Sure. So probably the most important thing is that I have the two cutest damn kids on the planet. I see them back there. They do look cute. Yeah, they're they're really cute. Maya, who's 10, and Wes, who is six. So first and foremost, I'm a mom. I'm also a marketing strategist by day. I work in consumer marketing and multicultural marketing. So I help brands understand the importance of our changing um, America. And then I also am a writer. So I have two books, Mom AF and Can Mommy Go to Work, which is a children's book. Mom AF is not. As you mentioned, I do advocacy for moms and then also write for Forbes Women as a senior contributor and consult with brands about how to keep women in the workforce as well. Yesterday, when I was working on questions for this interview, I was on your website and I was just like, I don't even know where to go here. There's so much to touch on. Like, I'm just going to try and touch on all of it. And everything is so impressive. Thank you so much. You work to advance policies on a range of issues that affect women and families. Can you tell us a little bit more about that specifically? Sure. The biggest way I do that uh, and the longest has been through my writing. So I have always written about maternal mental health, some of the challenges Black women face once they are in the hospital and are about to deliver or even before then with their OBGYNs. And then um, over the years, I started to get more involved in advocacy, which I know is something that all moms really wish that they could do, but not every mother has the time. So I kind of put that on my back for all mothers whenever I can. And I'm an executive committee member of Mom Congress. So I'm the person sending the emails to the senators annoyingly and reading all of the legislation and trying to figure out and interpret it for other mothers so that they don't have to waste their time doing it. So just trying to help where I can. Firstly, is it actually called Mom Congress? And secondly, how do you get involved in that? It's not like you could just like knock on the door and be like, hey, I'm here. I want to work on Mom. Congress, you know, how does that happen? So the organization is called 2020 Mom. I encourage everybody to look them up. They're in an organization doing amazing work for holistically for mothers. They are focused on advocacy and changing policies, but they also have an arm where it's really about support for underrepresented mothers. And it's about helping navigate childcare laws and just your mental health overall. It's a great organization. But Mom Congress is an event that they put on about once a year where you're in D.C. and you're banging on senators' doors. But I um, just happened to make a connection to the executive director, Joy Burkhardt, and the creator of it. And, you know, just for a few years, we've had a really great relationship. We're both very committed to the mental health of mothers. When I was pregnant, the first group of doctors that I went to, you know, my OBGYN, it was mostly men, white men, and I felt like I wasn't being listened to. And then I switched to a all-female office happened to be all women of color. And I felt like, sadly, they would understand how it is to not be listened to. I mean, that's a sad reality. So Carrie, let me tell you, one of my stories that I share is with my son, Wes. After I delivered him, um, he was delivered through C-section at 39 weeks. The minute he came out of my body, my blood pressure shot to 230 and I could feel the nerves in my brain. And I was trying to scream help, but it was coming off as a whisper. And the thankfully, my OBGYN was, still is, amazing. And he could hear me and they started doing tests and everything. So long story short, I get to my hospital room and a neurologist comes in and he says, well, a woman of your age shouldn't be even be having children anymore. And we'll look at your brain to see what's going on. But that's probably the biggest concern. That man should be fired. Oh my God. I was 29. And then my doctor came in and said, forget what he said. He's an ass. He has no bedside manner. But that's the experiences that women get. It just varies. Thank God I had my OBGYN to say, ignore him. I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. That whole area of post-baby care is neglected, but let alone women of color. Yeah. You have worked with the Congressional Caucus on Black Women and Girls, the U.S. Department of Labor, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce on Maternal and Child Care Related Issues. You have worked on the (laughs) Maternal Initiative for Vice President Kamala Harris. Yes. Yes. You have fought to ensure that Black moms and moms of 
color have access to important health information for their children and families. When I was pregnant, I learned sadly for the first time that black mothers die more during pregnancy and labor than white women do. Can you speak to what's going on and kind of the specifics of what you're fighting for and what kind of progress has been made? Sure. So there is some legislation right now that addresses the maternal mental health of all women. And some of it has a specific focus on black moms, but there have been strides in also on the private sector with more black moms actually working with doulas and and being allowed to have advocates in the hospital rooms outside of just their family, which is so critical and so important just because it's nice to have another woman there who can speak up for your concerns when you're getting an epidural in your back and you're frightened or you're rushed in for an emergency C-section. So them being permitted to be in hospital rooms is huge as well. Sadly, you know, this is the case for all women right now. All of our maternal health or, or mental health is suffering, but Black women are being disproportionately affected by the pandemic right now. We tend to live in multi-generational households and take care of older family members. And right now, um, there are reports that show are that are actually showing data that says we're not getting checked on by our managers as much as our white counterparts. We are doing 12 hours more of childcare. We're obviously um, not making the same amount of money as our counterparts. I mean, the personal stories that I could tell go on and on. I mean, today alone, I tried to go to therapy and it got cut short because I had to care for my father and deal with that issue. So I think we're all struggling and legislation and changes in corporate America are just taking way too long, you know? Like Carrie said, I never really knew I wanted to be a mom. It just happened. And that was when it happened, when I got pregnant, I like dove in head first and just wanted to know everything I needed to know. And that's when I first learned about all these other things. What can we do to help? So it's interesting. There are studies that show that when it comes to Black women, the kind of support that they could use is obviously childcare, but also they get support and find their tribe through online communities. So if you can just reach out to friends who happen to be Black or in your mom groups, I'm a huge fan of Facebook groups. I'm in the part, so many mom groups and I get just so much strength and so much wisdom and encouragement from those groups. Honestly, that's really all that I'm looking for is a little bit of empathy and understanding. And a lot of my articles are rooted in that because I get how much we can do as women and we shouldn't have to, but we do. And at the end of the day, all we want is somebody to say, thank you. I hear you. I recognize what you're going through. So that is exactly my mission is to just help women feel confident and understood. And I'm sure that other black moms would say the same thing. Just a, I see you. I hear you. What's going on? Not even necessarily how can I help, but a damn that sucks is, is good enough sometimes. Obviously, you have no shortage of things that you are doing and accomplishing. You are the prime example of a working mom. What would be your number one tip for working moms? And you can take that however you want. You have to learn to delegate. So Mom AF was about me trying to apply business practices to my marriage and parenting. And I will tell you now that I'm a single mother. I'm divorced. So that don't work. But (laughs) you like to run your own business. That's all. You don't you don't want any employees. So type A, so anxious, so if I don't do it myself, it won't get done the right way. And what I learned after being divorced was guess what, Heifer? It's only you. So you're (laughs) going to teach these kids how to be independent and delegate things to them. It won't be perfect, but it will get done. And I feel like I always see things that say when am I going to find time for self-care? Moms have no time for self-care. We do, but we are so controlling that we are afraid to let our kids and our spouses do things, even though it would get done half-assed. But in the end, what's the big deal? We're handling the most important things anyway. It may be because I'm always like, you didn't do that right. Right. Like putting groceries away in the fridge. Does it really have to be the orange juice on this side or the fruit on this side? Let them do that. And then that's more time that you have to go, you know, clip your nails or something like that. That's the biggest tip I find is that mothers just can't delegate. 
And it would save them so much time. And it will also prepare them for management positions if they were just able to delegate and let it go and give constructive feedback after it's done. I like that. That was a very good answer. (laughs) I got to tell you, I am all in on you, Christine. (laughs) I am just enjoying. Can you be our friend? I totally can. Can you tell us a little bit more about Mompreneur and me? So that is the funnest thing ever. And I'm really sad. I can't do them now because of COVID, but I was finding that women really lacked professional development skills or they didn't know how to network and they felt like they were always around their children so they couldn't work on themselves professionally. So I reached out to companies and would have them sponsor these events in different cities where moms would come and bring their children and we would have childcare on site, food on site, gifts, and we would just network and they would hear from CEOs who were women or we would do speed networking and it was really a way for moms to feel like, okay, I'm working on myself professionally, but my kids are still here. And actually for the first hour, we would do a hands-on activity with the kids. So we've done cooking classes at Sur La Table and we've done book readings at a bookstore in Philadelphia. And it's just, it was so fun. And I just love kids. So I used to love to see the little babies there and hear the ambitions of the mother. And it's just like when COVID hit, it just made me sad because that's what I really, really enjoyed about what I did was meeting new women. It'll happen again. Just it will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. What time do you go to sleep? I go to bed at eight o'clock. My kids put me to bed. <laughs> Did you always, or is that yes. just, yes, okay. <laughs> yes, since they were little, their bedtime was 7.30, mine was 8, because I'm not a night person. Got it. Good for you. And what time do you wake up? I usually wake up around 4 or 5. Holy, Woo! that's where you lost me. Okay, so we ask all of our moms this question. What is your number one thing to outsource if you had the means to do so? Not you specifically, but for anybody. Yeah. Oh, when I started outsourcing cleaning up my house, it was a game changer. I mean, yeah. So many people say that. We agree. So, But so many of our guests, it's just an interesting thing to ask many of our guests. And a lot of them say that. It's almost a tie. So it's that. And then when COVID hit, I had never had a babysitter. Never. Not so much as a babysitter, let alone a nanny. But I went into my personal savings and started getting a nanny. Game changer. Game changer. That's the only way that I was able to work was having a nanny there so that I could go into the office if I needed to. And yeah, I dipped into my savings. But guess what? We are in some rainy F and days right now. So I think this is an emergency, right? That changed everything. It's savings because it was savings you. It was saving my mind. I'm telling you. Yeah. The weeks that they weren't there, I could have just like gone in the shower fully clothed and cried because I was so sick of kids. Our babysitter that we got during the summer, which again, I didn't really have a babysitter. She left to go back to school. I sent her care packages monthly because I'm just like, you made such a difference in that time when COVID. I just thought I was going to lose my mind. You will never know like how that helped me. You I know? know. Yeah, I feel the same way. Mine are family now. I'm like, there are family members that I wouldn't die for. I would die for Aww. y'all to keep you in this house. Plug yourself and tell the people where they can find you, like everything, 2020 Mom organization, all the things. Yes, please go to 2020mom.org if you're in need of support. My website is christinemichellecarter.com. I do have resources there and a blog. The blog isn't just my writing. It's actually other working mom experts about topics that even I don't know things about. So it's a great blog. C. Michelle Carter is my Instagram and my uh, Twitter. And Christine Michelle Carter is LinkedIn and Facebook. Please, please, please come back. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Christine is going to keep updating us on what bills and stuff need to pass. Currently, she said, please, please, please call your senators, find out who your senator is, call them and mention paid leave for moms. That's the next bill that they're trying to get passed. And obviously this is the key audience for this. We need paid leave for moms. So please call your senators. That's the next big bill that Christine and her organization that she is a part of is helping get passed. 
All right, guys. So on that note, you know, offices are starting to reopen. My husband has been working from home this whole time. And unlike a lot of other people, we actually like that we are home working together all day long. I know we're weird. I'm sorry. I like my husband. Weirdos. But we, you know, we're kind of dreading this tentative date that his company has sent out of him going back into the office part time in January. I realize that's pretty unrealistic given that so many people have already returned to the office. People need jobs and they need to do what they need to do. But we found this article called How Parents Can Ask for Flexibility When Offices Reopen from the New York Times by Diane Mehta. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Let's just for the record just say we will pronounce everyone's name right, wrong. Right. Unless we're like talking to you one-on-one and can say, hey, how do you say your name? And most likely me, Carrie, after you tell me, I'll yeah, continue to fuck, fuck it up. up. Doesn't mean we don't love you. (laughs) I was particularly interested in this article because of, you know, my husband returning to work. And I think we're living in this really interesting time. We've all heard so much about the great resignation, which is this ongoing trend of employees voluntarily leaving their jobs from spring 2021 to now in response to COVID-19. And I think that's there's so many layers to why that's happening. Firstly, people not feeling safe in their workplace because either unvaccinated people or being in a small enclosed space with other people. Maybe they have young children at home that they really need to be cautious about bringing home anything to. I also think in general that COVID has really, along with all the other mind fucks COVID has been, it has really made all of us question so much. You know, you go on TikTok and you see people who are like, I can't go back to my job. What is it all for? This pandemic, global warming, like what? I commute all that time. I waste my life away when I could just be working from home and doing the exact same job I'm doing. When Matt worked at Vice, which was all the way in Williamsburg, he would commute about three hours every day to get to work. That's three hours on top of working. And we had a newborn and he didn't get a lot of time with his kid. And I think now the emphasis on the work-life balance and prioritizing your mental health, prioritizing your time with your family, prioritizing what brings you joy is super important. Also at the schools, which as they should be, are being really particular about if your kid has even a remote fever or they're sniffling, they're sending kids home. You know, if you work out of the house and you get a call, there's just more calls in the middle of the day being like, you have to come pick your kid up. Whereas before they might've pushed through that a little bit more. They're being more particular as they should be in order to keep safe. But I don't know how people that don't work from home do it. I don't either. Because I work from home and I'm having a hard time. Like yesterday, we had to cancel recording because my kid was homesick. Like, you know, thank God she went to school today, but it's just like, and and I work from home. Yes, you and I schedule our whole thing around our kids and when we are available to do stuff without our kids. Like that is part of why Momtourage exists. But I just want to give you guys a couple of more stats about what's going on. 1.4 million moms of school-aged children have left the workforce starting in March of 2020. 52% of employees prefer a more flexible arrangement, up from 30% before the pandemic. And to add to Carrie's point about childcare, you know, Carrie and I are both a part of this mompreneur, I hate that term, Term, but for lack of a better one, mompreneur networking group called Hey Mama Co. And they had this whole initiative that was let's put motherhood on the resume. I have some mixed feelings personally about that, but I think that it's a very valid point. So Diane Mehta spoke to four employment experts about how parents can ask for flexible work schedules when it is their time to return the office. So let's go through some of these points. Just thinking about trying to have this conversation Anxiety. with an employer makes me have IBS yes. immediately. Yes, like hives. Yes. Okay, so my boss wants me to be on site full time, but I need flexibility to care for my kids. How do I frame my request? So the employment experts she spoke to suggested that you be very specific about what you need and you offer concrete solutions or suggestions. That way it can prompt a conversation with your employer that can help you both find a solution that works for everyone. So you can say something like, I've been working remotely and have met or exceeded expectations. This is my evidence. And because of that, I would love for you to consider uh, me continuing to do that. They also said, have a plan B should your boss. They also said, have a plan B in mind should your boss not agree to your first choice schedule. And they also said, consider proposing a trial period where you can offer setting up regular check-ins, letting the team know what you're working on, which I think is like obvious, right? Like, 
hey, I've been working from home all this time. I got this, 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 this and done all as well as I would have gotten them done in the office. Tell me why I should return to the office. Right. The next question is, do I have a right to a flexible schedule because I'm a parent. According to an employment law expert, the employer doesn't have to allow flexible work for a caregiver. However, employers must offer parents the same workplace flexibility they afford to non-parents under the family responsibilities discrimination laws that are on the books in 195 U.S. states and local jurisdictions. They encourage you that if you're seeing in your workplace that non-parents are getting to work from home and you're not because they're scared that if you're home, you're just with your kid the whole time, you know, you can look into these discrimination laws and they certainly exist. Yep. Next question. How do I make sure my career and authority aren't sidelined while I'm working remotely? They said, be very explicit about your career goals and aspirations. When women are of childbearing age or have children, there's often this assumption that they're going to deprioritize their career in order to focus on their family. And a way to counteract those assumptions and biases is to say, listen, here's my plan for the next three years. I'm eager to work on these kinds of projects. That way you're kind of like pushing back on these expectations before they're even vocalized to you. You're being very proactive and you're saying, this is what I want. I personally do feel like I prioritized other stuff differently, but that's just me. Like a lot of moms, once they became a parent, did not want to prioritize their work differently. I did. I was like, what's the use of everything? This kid, but that's not the case for a lot of people. People have different goals. I have a lot of friends who have kids and right away, you know, after maternity leave, their kid goes into daycare and they go back to work. I have absolutely no judgment towards that. On the flip side, there's many women we know, like I remember girls I went to college with in the city that were just basically biding time until they got married and had kids and then that was going to be their everything. And that's also not my way of being, but no judgment on it. You know, for me, and I think also for you. I somewhere stand in the middle. Right. And that's what I'm getting at is I think for you and I, and this is part of why we do what we do and we've come together, it's because we both knew we were having one child and we really wanted to spend as much time with them as possible. We also have this added benefit, detriment. It really depends on the day. Yeah, it depends on the way you look at it of what we do for a living, which is something creative, allows us to make our own schedules. That's different. There's a lot of women out there. They have very low income jobs and they have a kid and they can't afford to survive without going to work. Or even jobs that are just more linear, like lots of careers just have a more linear path. And if you take time off, it takes you off that linear path. Whereas a artist... Right, it's always all over the place, right. So it's a little bit easier. There's no like, why was your break in employment? You'd be like, bitch, I didn't get a job, that's why. And this is why I think Hey Mama Co., with their initiative of putting motherhood on the resume for those women that have left the workforce and decided to stay home and raise their children for six years, and they had a linear career, it's like, well, then trying to get back into that career after you've had your kids is incredibly difficult. Right. And that's unfair as well, because to employers, it's seen as you did nothing. You didn't like birth out your brains, although sometimes it feels like it. (laughs) You were working. I agree with what they're trying to do and I support it. But on the same token, it's like, I don't know that that actually really does anything. It's so much more than just adding something to your resume. It's changing an entire mindset of society. Which is yeah, it's really changing the United States mindset about it. Yeah. I'm allowed to work from home, but most of my team will be in the office. How do I show that I'm working hard? She recommends what you're trying to prevent is a perception that you are contributing less, which can happen when you're working flexibly. To counteract that, keep a list of what you're working on and regularly communicate that to your team members and manager. If managers have your accomplishments top of mind, that's what they're going to filter into their assessments. Makes sense. Yeah. Next one, if my children have to quarantine at home or school closes, what's the best way to ask for a schedule change, which is something you and I had talked about at the top? You got to say it straight. This is a public health emergency beyond my control. This is what I can do given these constraints, and let's work together to figure out a way through. I just want to use that as my blanket statement, I say, for everything. (laughs) I mean, do you want to have dinner? Listen, this is a public health emergency (laughs) beyond my control. So here's what I can do given these constraints. I can take a anxiety pill. And Zoom... (laughs) 
cocktail with you. Let's work together to find a way to figure this out together. The amount of conversations I've had of late with like people I haven't talked to ever or like since all of this started and people are like, how are you? And I'm like, well, you know, the last two years have been weird. You know, it's it's another version of that. Anyway, remember, there's nothing wrong with asking for flexibility, especially if you lay out the facts. And at the same time, be mindful of how your employer may respond. Document your conversations when possible in a time stamped email. Record everything. Record everything. Yeah. I mean, my mom's been telling me these suggestions work-wise for so long, like basically since I've been out of school. Laws in only three U.S. states and six cities provide protection against retaliation when an employee requests a schedule change. And a recent survey found that caregivers earning less than $50,000 per year were twice as likely to experience retaliation after requesting flexibility from their employers as those that were making more than $100,000, which is really interesting. It's a catch-22. 100%. Like so many things when it comes to socioeconomic economic divide. I remember working in daytime television and I was not making $50,000 a year. I was working crazy hours. I was working all the time, except for, you know, two months over the summer, but all the time, not making enough money to not live at home. And yet sick days were not a thing. That was not an option. So many issues with all of that. You are not regarded in a certain way when you make under a certain amount of money. It's fucked up. It is what it is. Like, let's make changes and stuff. But we also have to deal with it as it is, right now and think ahead of it and just mark it down because you do have a leg to stand on there. This next question harkens back to that little call to action that I said was, please call your senators about this. But the question is, am I entitled to time off if I or my child gets sick? So in addition to any sick leave you have, the Family and Medical Leave Act gives eligible workers 12 weeks of job-protected unpaid leave if they or a family member has a serious health condition. You cannot use your FMLA time to stay home to avoid contracting COVID-19 or to care for healthy children affected by school closures. Once again, in this American society, you gotta get sick. No preventative action for anybody to help you. Anyway, state and local laws fill in some of the gaps. Nine U.S. states and the District of Columbia offer paid family and medical leave. Some laws permit time off to care for a child or a family member with a serious health condition. Since the pandemic began, many states have enacted emergency sick leave laws to cover COVID-19 related needs. Look up your state's laws in a better balance tracker. We'll put this article link in the show notes. Yeah. I mean, when I was pregnant, I had a long-term temp job. And, you know, being a temp job, even though I was working full-time hours, it was as a part-time employee. You know, we needed the money. And I didn't have any company to go to, nobody that would pay for maternity leave. I did a little research and I found that the state of New Jersey would pay me for my maternity leave. There was a lot of different rules and it was like the average of the last six weeks you've worked and blah, 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 blah. But what I also discovered at that time is that you can do the same thing if you need to take some kind of sick leave either for yourself or your family members. And it's nice to know that that assistance does exist. Now, let me tell you, my maternity leave, I think... I think I made like $600 a week, which is really more than you make for unemployment. But it was nice that it was an option, that somebody like me still had that option. And I would just say I had a similar experience, but just persevere because just like anything else that is government related, like getting your unemployment, it sometimes takes a lot of phone calls and a lot of like back and forth and proof of things. Just keep yes. keep at it because it's yours. And it's- document everything. And this is the last question. I thought this one was really fascinating. How do I plan for uncertainty during the school year without being singled out? says consider singled out great tv show jenny mccarthy the anti-vaxxer poster child so consider connecting with other parents in the workplace and you guys should submit questions as a group because when you do it as a group it signals to the entire company that it is a collective issue that needs to be addressed so you can do things like come together and ask what's the company's stance if there are school shutdowns or if distance learning is imposed again these things may not have been on their radar otherwise. So you're just really helping them plan a course of action. Have you guys reached out and talked to your employer about this? Let us know how it's going. Let us know... If you're going back to work. What tactics you guys might have used to talk to your employer and have they been open to it? We'll shout out those employers that have been good about it too. That's what they need is a shout out from our potty mouth selves. (laughs) Or... Yeah, we'll we'll do something. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, NyQuil, DayQuil, all the quills. Okay, should we do hashtag swag bag? Hashtag swag bag. 
Mine is like so silly simple. I went to a shitty supermarket, but that's not part of the story. What I found there was Funfetti, whatever brand makes Funfetti cake mix and the frosting that goes with it with the sprinkles on top. They were both Halloween colors ready to go. And I thought, you know who's going to love doing this? My child. You know who's going to hate doing this is me. But it will keep him occupied for a little while. So I bought the Funfetti cake mix and the icing with the sprinkles on top. And I would tell you, it was a good hour of entertainment. And for that, I love box cake. Firstly, my mom used to make cakes for a living. What has your mom not done? I think she rivals me in most odd and... No, you definitely do more weird, random shit. But <laughs> yeah, but yes. your mom actually makes money. That's true. Actually, good point. Joke's on me. <laughs> but yeah, she used to have a cake decorating business, cake making business. And her cakes were so good. Like the best, fantastic, so cute. This is the only other cake I like. Like box cake, or that's the only non-box cake I like was hers, I guess is a good way of saying it. That box cake, man... Just, it is everything. It is so good and funfetti. I feel like the situation, I don't know if you watch Jersey Shore Family Reunion. I don't suggest it. It is not good, but I still watch it. The situation loves funfetti. So every time I talk about it, I think about the situation, which is what I need in my life. I like funfetti, you know? Me too. Love it. Who doesn't like funfetti? Oh God, funfetti is so good. And we're not going to link to funfetti and icing mix because literally go to the supermarket. It's there. Do your own job. We don't need to do our job anymore. We're tired. We're tired. I'm going to go out on a limb. You ready? Uh-oh. You ready? Uh-oh. Are you guys ready? I don't know if I'm ready. I got my medical marijuana license. Whoa. And. That's exciting. Those pineapple habanero gummies. Taking a half. Mm. So good. So good. You're not tired. Chilltown USA. Chilltown USA. And it's been, let me tell you, I'm not the only one. A bunch of my friends have talked about this, that I've had a couple close friends that have had some um, marriage rockiness in this COVID society. And I think that a lot of us have had stuff, yeah. stuff that already was maybe we were working on gets just brought to the light more under the stress. Totally. And, and you're with each other all the fucking time. There's a lot of people in small apartments. There's no escaping. Right. And I've had a lot of friends who were not necessarily vibing prior to COVID. They're vibing they're now. They're vibing now. And it's really helped them refine their marriage in a different way. Just being able to nice. kind of unplug from some of this fight or flight stress that we have and just connect again has helped. And, you know, I'm not like the, I don't want to be the queen of being like, everybody do drugs and drink and whatever. But as I discussed on the show before, my therapist was like, these are tr trying times. These are really, really trying times. And if something that is like dosed well and has less side effects, honestly, than some of your other medications that you're taking, if it's going to help, do it. Like just do it. Most of the time, 98% of the time, I'm not looking to get high. I'm looking to get out of my panic anxiety and be able to function as what I assume a regular person functions as and not be a crazy person. And this medical marijuana license has allowed me to do so. And it's kind of a mind-blowing thing, I have to say. And I, some of my friends who have never even done drugs before with now weed being legal or medical marijuana license being available, they are also finding the same thing. And it's like, it doesn't make us a bad person or a bad parent. It's just, I'm acknowledging that there are things that I need help with. And if this can help, then great. That was our show, guys. Thank you for listening. Another Wednesday. I've been thinking since you hate uh, hump day, what if we call it- So much. What if we call it work it Wednesdays? Why do we have to call it anything? All right. Cool. Check you later. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or mamadramaband.com.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.